Welcome to Working Matters. I'm Claudia Rimple. And I'm Carl Edwards. We're continuing our series today on surviving a bad boss. It's our fourth week in our third boss. This is We obviously have a lot to say on this topic. We do. There's <laughs> going to be no stopping us. And today we are talking about the overwhelmed boss. Right. We just covered two bosses' styles that were almost too much bossing going on, the micromanager and the visionary. Now we're going to look at two where there's not quite enough being the boss going on and how that impacts us and what we can do about it. Tell us a little bit about the overwhelmed boss. What are these characteristics of the overwhelmed boss? This is the boss where you're complaining. You find yourself complaining that they're incompetent, that they don't know what they're doing. And you kind of catch yourself complaining a lot. Then you you probably have got what we're going to call an overwhelmed boss because we don't really know what's going on. It just seems like there's just a little bit too much going on. Now that can come from come from a variety of things. One is they could be in a little over their heads. They could be recently promoted. They could be on a new learning edge and in the middle of their own learning curve. It could be that things, the world's changing around them and their industry is changing very rapidly and everyone's disoriented. Everyone's trying to catch up and see, well, where, where do we go now that technology changed so dramatically last year? And so we find them not making decisions like they used to or ever did. They're constantly collecting information and trying to make the perfect decision. And there's just no way to, to get there because we're in an environment where either the environment, there's not a way to be certain what to do next or their own style is, is unsure. Well, I, I do have a story about the um, overwhelmed boss, although it is not my own. So I will have to change names to pers- and uh, circumstances to protect the innocent and the guilty, but uh, a friend of mine, we'll call her uh, Tootsie, uh, says to me, you know, my boss, Sarah, is a moron. She gives me work at the last minute. I find out it's been sitting on her desk for, you know, a month, and she gives it to me an hour before the due date, two days before the due date, and she then wants to know where I'm on the project, if I'm finishing it, wants me to just put everything down to finish her project. So Tootsie goes on and complains, you know, she's not organized. She doesn't know what she's doing. And then it just falls on me. And I have to then put everything aside to finish her work. Now, that's a great example because when you're kind of wrapped up in your own role, you're wrapped up in yourself, basically, you're not aware of the impact your use of time is having on others. And so for the overwhelmed boss, there's a lot going on and last minute using, they take all the time on a project for their role in it. And then there's no time left over for all the work that has to take place after that. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. And that's a tough one. And there we're doing exactly what we've recommended in all, all the situations is we're wanting to affirm what's strong about this person's style and then complementing it with what's strong about our style. So instead of merely blaming them that they are not as organized as we are or as aware of what's going on with different people's schedule and resource needs as we are, we say, well, that's my strength. That's what I bring to the table. That's what I bring to the partnership. And they've got a lot going on. So how can I bring that alongside them in such a way that serves us both? Well, in this case, Tootsie says to me, well, then I've, I've gone to her and asked her if there's anything that she wanted me to do that I'm available to help her with some projects, but she's not organized enough to even delegate anything to me. Exactly. And the flaw in that strategy, though I 
commend her for taking the initiative and initiating conversation is that you're putting it back on the other person to be someone that they're not. So that you're not going to make them organized. You're not going to make them organized, and you can't ask a disorganized person to be organized, hopefully, um, in their own career path. They'll become aware of that and do things to learn and change or complement themselves. But that's not your job, and that's probably not going to happen on your tenor. It's more, well, one, you're trying to do two things. One, you're trying to survive their style um, and not be blamed for all these bad results because it was in your hands at the time that everyone noticed it was bad results and no one's looking back to see what situation created them. And two, you want to thrive. You want to make your contribution. You want to be a significant part of the team. So this really is your opportunity, actually, to come alongside an overwhelmed boss and be able to provide ideas. So in your situation, in your example there, a little more constructive would have been to come with an idea for a schedule. I've done some thinking about this project, and I think if we, you know, kind of plan backwards to give the printer time to do their work and uh, layout people this much time to do their work, we're looking at needing a final decision on the copy from you by this time and kind of just laying that out, and then you're not putting it on them and making them the problem. And you'll be surprised at how supportive they'll actually be in positively framed partnership rather than accurate but negatively framed complaining. But this can be, I think, that really a, a very frustrating position to be in. Or in the example that we're continuing with, Tootsie's often overwhelmed by other people complaining about Sarah, her boss, saying, she's not doing this for me, she's not doing this for me, this can't get done. Other, You know, just having that sort of be, and not being able to do anything about it, in a sense. Besides going to them with the schedule, what are some other ways to address a boss that's disorganized and overwhelmed? You want to be communicating what you need out of them for your job. You don't want to be communicating what they're doing that's making your life difficult. That's probably the main problem most people get into is their criticism, however valid, is, is articulated in a way that says, you're making my job hard. And you know, that's just not impressive to hear as a supervisor. People on the team wanting strokes or pats on the back as, and then come and have them complain about how hard I'm making their job. What you want, you want to take that same information and frame it in this is what needs to happen and to make the team outcome happen. And is it a decision you're looking for? So in the case of a decision, if you need a decision out of the person, you'd want to articulate what the decision they needed to make and when it needed to be made in order to do what you all have already agreed needs to happen. So you're all on that same page when the topic is the work output and it comes across as facilitating and helpful and they might be willing to make that decision. We've helped them bring that decision to the forefront of their, their full plate instead of it getting, getting lost in the blur of the many things. So you're not telling them how to do their job. You're not telling them how you want them to do your job. You're taking control of what you can take control of and having them fit into your schedule. Exactly. So you're, again, you're taking, keeping in mind who you're with. You're with a, a busy professional who's got a lot of things going on and is working along a lot of different tracks and trajectories. And it's 
a bit blurry. So we don't blame them for not being competent yet, or, or I wish they were. You're taking, what you're doing is you're helping issue at hand be more clear. You're bringing some clarity to what you want to come out in the front of their plate. And otherwise, it's just a lot of voices shouting at them all the time from a lot of different directions. You know, reporting needs to be done and information needs to get here, there, and the other. And as I mentioned last week, a lot of supervisors have the over-the-shoulders management style where they are not looking forward. They're looking backwards at their supervisors and constantly concerned about how they're being evaluated and judged and making their decisions in that light. But there are, Carl, I believe, circumstances where there are issues of competency and the person that is in charge for whatever reason is struggling more than just a little bit. What do you do in that situation? That's a tough one because you cannot take on the responsibility of their supervisor. You can't make them competent. Well, one, you can't make them competent, but it's not your job to supervise them either. And you know, somebody else needs to call them on that in your organization. And you have to, one, hope and trust that that system's healthy enough that that's being observed. If you're actually in a system where what we'll call incompetence or overwhelmed working style is rewarded, you can go around like a chicken with your head cut off. And because you look so busy and so active and so intense all the time, you're actually rewarded, then you're probably not the system you want to be in. Mm-hmm. And it's probably a clue, not a decision maker, but a clue that you may want to look elsewhere. Because that, that indeed happens sometimes in workplaces that you have you, places you can't really work for a long time. You can't work there for a long time. Mm-hmm. Two, you have to decide how much it hinders you. I mean, is it that horrible? Is it that bad to get certain things last minute? Is it, you know, What's your own breaking point to where you're professionally not making a contribution and not feeling fulfilled? And what's just frustrations? You know, if you leave jobs and or complain about bosses too often, just when it's at a frustration level, then you're probably going to find yourself just trading one sort of imperfect boss for another sort of imperfect boss and find yourself complaining about a different set of styles next time. That's right. So that's why we want to keep our conversation in terms of how do you survive and thrive in light of someone's style, given that any style can go over the edge and we need to move on. If you've got somebody who just believes there's a perfect decision out there somewhere and they're going to not be promoted and they're not going to get a raise unless they make the right decision, so they spend enormous amounts of effort gathering data and they go back and forth and just can't make up their mind. You know, you could probably find ways, and that's what we want to do, is help ourselves be creative, finding ways to partner with them. Well, one of the things that most impresses me about our series is demystifying this awfulness about the person on the other side, the person in charge, Mm. and really putting into perspective, you know, how we function in that and how they view the situation. Exactly. And instead of keeping that to ourselves grousing at home or with coworkers by actually finding a way to to bring these things up constructively you know instead of no feedback being positive feedback we actually have found ways to give constructive criticism and almost communicate it like a compliment <laughs> i'd like to see that carl <laughs> sort of like the backhanded compliment <laughs> 
Well, I think that's all the time we have for today. I thank you so much for your insights. That certainly helps me in uh, talking with other people about their, their job situations and sort of scratching beneath the surface. And putting a human face on all these That's right. crazy workplace dynamics that we're all addressing every day. That's right, a part of Thank you for listening. You can check us out on the web at www.boldenterprises.com. And next week, Carl, will be talking about... The people-pleasing, conflict-avoiding boss. That's right. That's right. People Have you ever heard of a too-happy workplace? <laughs> One that doesn't function very well, I imagine. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. <laughs>